Okay, uh, good morning, morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Beis, 12. We're up to the seventh line. Remember, we brought a brisa yesterday that went through the beginning of the say the, what the Kohanim would say in basically in their davening. Start off with they said uh, one brocha. That's what we ended off yesterday. That they said one brocha. Was it Avorabba? Was it Yotzeor? And then it says they after that it mentions that they would say Emes. Um, sorry, not Vaseris Hadibros, the paragraph of Shema, the paragraph of Vayom Shemo, and the paragraph of Vayomer. I they would say Vaseris Hadibros and what we call Shema. So Gemara asks, "Kori Vaseris Hadibros, Shema Vayom Shemo Vayomer Emes Viatzi Vavoida Ubirchas Kohanim." Summary of what we, what I just mentioned. Omer Rabbi Yehuda Omer Shmuel. They also wanted to have the order like this in the rest of Eretz Yisrael. Uh, the Seder that we described, that they said Aseris Hadibros and then Kriyashma was unique to in the Beit Hamikdash, but they actually wanted to extend it to the rest. Shekvar Bitlum Ibnei Tarum Ella Shekvar Bitlum. However, they cancelled saying that Ibnei Tarum Haminim because of the the grievances or the arguments of the heretics. Um, basically, the Aseris, what's the importance of the Aseris at Dibros? So, obviously, a big discussion, but just very briefly, um, the Aseris at Dibros, in some ways, are the basis of the Torah, and they also learn that they all 613 mitzvahs are alluded to in the Aseris at Dibros. Mm. So, they're, uh, I don't know what would be, the, a microcosm of the Torah in a way. So, that's a part of the significance of the Aseris at Dibros. However, the heretics, the meaning which we generally translate as heretics, they would say, oh, see, all Hashem said on Har Sinai was Aseris Adibros, and Moshe came and added the rest of the Torah. <laughs> and every time that the Jews placed the emphasis on Aseris Adibros, they used that as a, you see, you see, even you really believe that. You say the Aseris Adibros every day, you don't say this paragraph every day, etc. Um, so that's uh, the Tarumas Aminim. Just the interesting point here, Rashi translates Minim as Akum, non-Jews. Generally, we translate Minim as Jewish apostates. Rashi comes along here and says it's Oivda that could be, and then the note here says in the very old prince, Tamida Yeshu. Who the Tamida Yeshu? Whoa. Jesus Tamida. So that obviously, when the printing press was, at the, especially at the beginning, was severely uh, censored by the Christians, so that was obviously taken out. Tamida Yeshu, those are the meaning. They couldn't have uh, Jews reading uh, that they were the meaning, so they took it out. That's just an interesting uh, uh, note, some of uh, that my Gomorrah has in the margin, what the original print was. Um, yeah, another interesting discussion, the Rambam, in a, f- a famous Shul the Rambam, and this, uh, the Possum Shul, he says that when you're reading Aseris Adibros in Shul, you should not say it's standing, because you engage the same problem. We don't stand for the rest of the Torah, but we stand for Aseris Adibros. And there are a whole range of suggestions, because we do stand. Whenever we read Aseris Adibros on Shuls, and when we come to it in the Parshas, in Yisro, and we do stand. So what's going on? So just two of the answers that I thought were interesting. Um, Ramon Shefansin says it's because we don't only stand for Aseris Adibros. Some also we stand for Oz Yoshir, a few other places where we do stand. So let's know, you, you're going to come and tell me I've treat uh, Aseris Adibros. Well, look, I also treat that part as important. So clearly I'm not singling out Aseris Adibros. Um, another very interesting answer I heard in the name of Rav, in Rav Soloveitchik, he says, when we read the Aseris Hadibros in, there's two ways of laning the Aseris Hadibros. There's what's called Tam Tachton and Tam Elyon. The lower and the upper way of reading, but literally, but simply it's, there's the standard way you read the Chumash with the Trop, 
And that would be Tam Tachton. And when you're practicing, when you're uh, reading through the Parsha and you come to Atlantis Tiferes, you read it with Tam Tachton. However, the Tam Tachton, interesting, uh, doesn't group each Aseris Hatibros in one posuk. It's spread, some are spread over a few psukim, some you have a few in one posuk. Um, however, Tam Elyon is more similar to Har Sinai because that each Aseris Hatibros is basically its own posuk, mm. if you read with that drop. Mm. Mm. And Rav Soloveitchik says what we're trying to do when we stand and we read it with Tam Elyon, we're just trying to reenact Matan Torah. Mm. And that's why we're standing, and that's why we're reading with Tom Elyon. Mm-hmm. And he says, and therefore there's no problem, because clearly we're just reenacting it. And therefore if you read, um, it would only be a problem if you read it with Tom Tachton. Look, I, it is just part of the Chumash. I'm reading it as part of the Chumash, but I'm singling it out as a more significant part in there for our stand. That's when there's a problem. But when you read it with Tom Elyon, you're saying, I want to reenact Matan Torah. I'm not reading Aseris Hadibros because... I'm singling them out as the only part of the Torah that I <coughs> stand for and give credibility to the medium. I'm standing because I want to reenact Matan Torah, and that's why you read it with Tam Elyon. Interesting enough, the is according to the Morgan Avram, that's one of the main commentaries on Orochaim that we follow, he says you only read it with Tam Elyon on Shvuot. So if you follow Rav Soloveitchik and you follow the Morgan Avram, you would only be allowed to stand mm. on Shvuot, but not on which we, we don't do, and I, but I think we also read it with Tam Elyon the rest of the time. It's not, okay, that's an interesting you side. You could make a really logical counter-argument. Yes. The very reason is to use Tam Elyon is because it's special. So you're saying you're, you're, you're re-emphasizing the problem. Yes. And I think maybe that's why the other poskim have different, uh, the other poskim have different answers. Um, okay, that's just an interesting side point. Um, again, the Aseris HaTibros, oh, there are more comes along, and we say that you should say Aseris HaTibros every day. Oh, you run into this problem? So he says, no, only as an individual, never as a community uh, institution, you should, you do, we don't say Aseris HaTibros every day. But as an ab- individual, there's good well, ground to say it every day. Yeah, the Sidurim printed at the end of Shachris. So that, again, some people have that practice, some people don't, but that would be the... Uh, that would be some of the point on it. Okay, Tanya Nami Hachi, we also learned his advice, Rabbi Nosa Nami, Big Vilim, Big Shilik Trois, Ella Kain, Ella Shekfar, Bitlum, Imnait, Arumas, Aminim. Rabbi Nosa taught it in a price that in the rest of Eretz Yisrael, the rest of Jewish areas, they wanted to institute that you say, Aseris Hadibus every day with your Kriyashma, but they cancelled it because of the claims of the minim. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that, uh, that's in the Bryce's, that's in the Tanah Mishnah. Many years later, he said, oh, I want to institute that we should say every day in Surah. That was the town he was the Rav of. So, they already cancelled it because of the Tarumus of the minim. Also, Amaymar thought, oh, we should start saying in Nahardai. Ravashi. Ravashi said to him, No, we cancelled saying it because of the Tarum Saminim. So we see again, there was a strong reason, and a lot of the rabbis thought very worthwhile practice to include Aseris Hatibros in part of Atfila, but because of the claim of the Aminim, they said we're not going to do it. Yeah. Well, we, didn't, we, we never allowed them to change our practice. We just didn't make it our practice almost. But yeah, very similar. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, on Shabbos we add one bracha 
So we said, again, they said three brachas, but on Shabbos, the, the group going out would say an extra bracha. It says, uh, to the group that was leaving. It says, my bracha, what is this bracha? The group that is leaving, again, as I mentioned yesterday, they would serve in shifts, so the week to week, and they would change on Shabbos. So the Mishmar, the group that was leaving, would say to the group that was entering, the one who rests his name in this house, whose name dwells in this house, he should place between you love, brotherliness, peace, and uh, friendliness. Very interesting. You explain what bracha, if I asked you, you want to give the Kwanim coming in to do the avoider a bracha, what should you say? <laughs> uh, you should have a successful avoider. You yeah. should have no possible korbonos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have. Uh, you should yeah. run on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What bracha given that there should be shalom? So first, we know that the. Um, I mean, there's always the symbolism of the kohanim represent shalom. It's the oh. one they do the service on behalf of the whole nation. Okay, yeah. that's his point. But the Maharshal brings very interesting. He says we find that the, there's certain times in his where they got very competitive. They each wanted to do the avoider. There's stories where yeah, yeah. kohanim got pushed off the ramp. One yeah, yeah, one yeah, kohen yeah, yeah, died. Yeah. One kohen uh, injured himself in push. There's a lot of competition to do the avoider. So we give them a bracha that you, you, peace should reign in your avoider, even though you're going to have all these kohanim vying for positions not and buying for opportunities. Not, not, just, not just peace, but friendship. Yeah, peace, Ayur. shalom, brotherliness, friendship. Mokom yeah. Then we mentioned that it says where Chazal say to tell us that we must say a long bracha, we're not allowed to say a short bracha, where we want to say a short bracha, we're not allowed to say a long bracha. Also where they, ta- where they tell us to conclude the bracha, you have to conclude it in that way and you can't change the conclusion. With that mentioning the conclusion of a bracha, the Gemara goes, into a side discussion. It says, Pshita, the following halach is obvious. If someone's holding a cup of wine, uh, he's holding a cup of wine and he thinks it is beer. Or, so he starts saying the bracha thinking that it's uh, beer. He says, Baruch, I'm explaining according to Rashi, Baruch at Hashem Elokeinu Melech Alam thinking it's beer, and then he realizes, and he, so he concludes with wine, Yotso, he's, he fulfills his obligation. Now, what we have to, the Gemara is going to mention it shortly, but what you have to realize is the Ikar, the essential part of the Brocha is Baruch HaTashem Lokeinu Melech HaOlam. Before I get involved in this world, before, before I enjoy this food, I want to acknowledge yes. Hashem is God of the universe and everything is from Him. And then the conclusion is more just specifying why, but it's a detail. It's, an, it's, a, it's almost the adjective of the, of the bracha. So, so the important point, so, so here the issue is he's saying the main part of the bracha in mind that he's saying, shehakol. And then he concludes, borei priyagofen. So why is he yotza? Why does he fulfill his obligation? Because if by mistake he said shakol on one, he would also fulfill his obligation. The hot time we learn in the Mishnah later on in our Masechta, al kula mimama shakol niyebid varo yotza. On all of these, if he said shakol niyebid varo yotza, if you have to say bracha and by mistake you say shakol, you don't say another bracha. You fulfill your obligation of saying a bracha. So whether he said this bracha as shakol niyebid varo, or whether he said this bracha as borei priyagofen, he's yotze. The bracha on his wine. 
However, the other case, the other way around, we're going to run into trouble. He's holding a cup of beer in his hand, but he thinks it's wine. So he starts saying the bracha, thinking it's wine. I with intent to say break the coffin. And then he concludes that it's beer, realizing it's beer. So he says, Baruch Hashem with wine in his mind, break And then he concludes. Says, do we go after the primary part of the bracha or do we go after the conclusion? Mm. The primary part of the bracha, as I said, is mm. and that he said the wrong bracha. He said he basically said on beer. His intention was wrong, so he basically for intents and purposes said on beer, except he concluded right. Now the advantage of the conclusion is at the end of the day he said the correct bracha. He said, Baruch HaTashem, Elokeinu Melech Olam, Shachol Nehevidvoro. That's mm. the bracha on beer. That's what he said. Sure. Even though he had wrong intent for the first half. So does that count as a bracha? So that's the question the Gemara is going to deal with now. Um, what do you say? Toshma, come in here. Shachris, Posach, B'yoytzer, Or, V'sayim, B'marif, Aruvim. If he starts saying, Yoytzer, um, Or, and he ends off, and he says the whole of Yoytzer, Or, but then instead of saying Baruch HaTashem Yotzer Hamaros, he says Baruch HaTashem Hamarivarovim. Lo Yotzer, he doesn't fulfill his obligation. Sorry, sorry, no, I'm saying it wrong. That's probably where he says Baruch HaTashem Elokeinu Melech Olam, and instead of saying Yotzer Or, he says Hamarivarovim. And then, um, yeah, he ends off, Vesiyum B'mariv, yeah, Lo Yotzer. Posach B'marivarovim, Vesayim B'yotzer Or, Yotzer. If he started with, Marivarovim in mind, and he concluded Yotzer Or, he fulfills his obligation. Arvis Posach Marivarovim Vitzim Yotzer Or Lo Yotzer Mariv. If he started with intent to say Marivarovim, but he concluded Yotzer Or, he does not fulfill his obligation. Posach Yotzer Or, but if he started with intent to say Yotzer Or Vitzim Marivarovim Yotzer, then he fulfills his obligation. Klalosh Dovra Kol Oyle Chachar Achasim. It all goes after what you say at the end. So even though he started off saying at Mariv, he started saying Baruch Ata Hashem Lokeinu Melech Olam, thinking he was going to say Yotzer Or, and then he realized, wait, it's Mariv Hamariv Arovim. It's fine. That's he concluded the bracha correctly, and so it's fine. And that's we should say the same thing. Then we can answer our question. He was holding a cup of beer. He started saying Baruch Ata Hashem Lokeinu Melech Olam, thinking to say Agafim, but he says Shachol. Yotzer, you fulfill the obligation. We have a good answer to questions. But more answer, no. Shani also the Kama Baruch Yotzer Hamoros. No, because he ends off Yotzer Hamor Baruch Ato Hashem Yotzer Hamoros. At Shachris Amariv, it opens with a bracha and closes with a bracha. The closing with the correct bracha corrects your intent for the whole bracha because you basically did say part of the at least part of the bracha correctly. Again, the first time you said Baruch Ato Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam thinking to say Yotzer or and you conclude Marivarovim, there theoretically you're not Yotzer because you didn't say the correct But when later on, just before Shema closer towards Shema at the end of the Brok, when you say Baruch Hashem Yotzer Ham Oros, well now you've said Baruch Hashem with the correct intention for Yotzer Ham Oros. So you Yotzer so shiny hasam to come. Yeah. So no honichel rab to Amar kol bracha shein bo has shein bo askoras Hashem. Ain't no bracha shapir. This fits very well with Rab who says if it, if you don't mention Hashem's name in the bracha, you don't say Baruch Ata Hashem. You just say Baruch Ata. Then you don't. Then it doesn't count as a bracha. Mm. But if you said Baruch Ata Hashem, it counts as a full bracha. 
That's a, so that fits everything because your bracha at the end, Baruch HaToashe, remember it starts off, interesting, again, we're making the difference, the, the subtle distinction here is if you say Baruch HaToashem, and did you say Elokeinu Melech Olam, or Melech Olam, Shame or Malchus. Rav, if you just say Shame, Hashem, mention Hashem's name, that's good enough. So here you, your second bracha corrects your first bracha. However, Elorib Yochandam will call Bracha Shame Ba Malchus, I know Bracha, but according to Rabbi Yochandam, if it doesn't have Malchus, Michael, I'm Aymar, what are you going to say? You're back to the starting point of Kuntri because when you say Baruch HaTo Hashem Yotzer HaMa'oros, Kuntri B'Yochanan, that doesn't count as a real bracha. So you can't say you've corrected your wrong intent or you had the right intent for part of a bracha. So what are we going to say? What Ella, is it? Ella, so, ah, oh, no, go back. Remember what we said in yesterday's daf from Rabbi Barula. The important point of that bracha is to mention the attribute of day at night and the attribute of night at day. So ki koma bracha o malchus so meikara atarvayukai. When you started off with hamari barov, when you started off saying baruchat to Hashem elokeinu melechaylam, and you were thinking yotzer or uvarei choshes, but you went hamari barovim etc. You ended correctly. Your intent was the right intent all the way along. wasn't for the exact words you were supposed to be saying, but the concept you were supposed to be saying was there. So the intent counts. Mm, mm, That's mm. The, so we have still stuck with our question. Our question was, if you start off saying, Baruch HaToshem, I'm thinking to say, and you end it correctly, saying, or not. We see that the Bircha Shachris that we were discussing to try to bring a proof from is no proof. It says, Ah, Toshma, Misaifa, bring a proof from the last line of the price you brought. Everything goes after the conclusion. What's this general rule coming to include? We mentioned the halacha of Mariva Ruvim and Yoitzer and when you got them mixed up. And then we said the general rule is, so what's the general rule? My love? Is not coming to include our case. Exactly, our question is of uh, you started Agafen and you concluded Shakol. So, law. It's coming to, to include a case where you got mixed up with bread and dates. Bread and dates, what Rashi learns, we're saying the after bracha, but what's the after bracha of dates? So, Allah eats Valpria eats. And what's the after bracha of bread? So that's what it says. So what was the case? What did you get mixed up? So he really ate bread. And then when he started to say the after bracha, he thought he ate dates. So he starts saying, And then he realizes, wait, I actually ate bread. So he goes, he says, He says, That's the exact question we're asking. Yeah. Again, you start with the incorrect intent on a bracha that you would not be yoytze. If you said, Allah eats yeah. on bread, you're not yoytze. Sure. So it's the exact same question of starting with a hagofen in mind and concluding shakul, which is, hagofen um, is not yoytze. You wouldn't be yoytze. So that can't be, so then we would have an answer to our question. So he says, Lord, no, that's not what we discuss. It's true. We, it's for the following case. We're going to Ochal Tamri Bakasov Nahama. Ochal. He really ate dates. And he forgot and he thought he ate bread. Upotak Nahama. And he started thinking to say the after brocha on bread, I birka samozan. Vasayim but the tamri and he concluded with with the after brocha on dates. Yotza, he fulfills his obligation. Why is that? 
because if he concluded with the birchas hamazon on dates, he would fulfill his obligation. What you telling me? If you say birchas hamazon on dates, you fulfill your obligation. My time. What's the reason? Says the tamrinami mason sign because um, dates are very filling, like bread. So if you said baruch atashem lokeni menachalam hazan hazan, the one who sustains us, who makes us feel the revive from our food. On, you're supposed to say it on bread, but if you said it on dates, you don't say because it does cut dates fit into the bracha. So that's why it actually um, doesn't answer our question. The Gomorrah here leaves our question unresolved. So it's a big discussion um, what to do here. Interestingly enough, so what's the standard principle when you're not sure whether to say a bracha or not? No, not, not what to say, whether to say it or not. So you said you've picked up a cup of Coke and you said you thought it was... Uh, one and you started saying Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam, thinking to say Gofen, and then you realized it's Coke, and you said Shachol Mi'evit Baro. So do you say another bracha? Do you have to say with the general rule is what? Well, the yeah, the general rule is Sofek Bracha L'Tzvahakel. If you're not sure what to do, you go lenient with the bracha. You don't say another bracha. Whenever you're in doubt whether to say a bracha or not, except for very rare exceptions, you don't say another bracha. So here you would not say another bracha. No, 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 but the, the question says, here is you started saying with in mind to say Agofen on this glass of Coke and then you corrected it to say Shakol. So our question is, remember the Ikar of the Brocha is Baruch HaTashem Lakeinu Melech which you were saying as Agofen and you concluded Shakol Mi'evid Baruch. So that's how many Paskan Sofim Baruch is the Hakal, you don't say another Brocha. Tosos, interestingly, here bring the Ri who says, no, you have to say another Brocha, why? This that we say Sophic brachas, I mean, again, big discussions around all of these. We'll get a chance to discuss a bit more when we discuss actual brachas on food, etc. But he, he bases on the principle that you're not allowed to drink until you've said a bracha. It's not like a, I'm not sure whether I said my bracha on my tefillin or not. I still fulfill the mitzvah of tefillin whether or not I said the bracha. <laughs> but by food, you're not allowed to eat unless you said the bracha. So he says you can't say that, don't say the bracha, because then you, out of doubt, you wouldn't be allowed to eat. So he says you must say a new bracha. Okay, that's what's okay, interesting is this is all, yeah, the re brings that opinion. Um, yeah, there, the interesting point of this sugi is I explained it all according to Rashi. Yeah. There are about three or four other ways of learning what the doubt is here. <laughs> Um, we don't have time to go into them, but that would be very important according to Shulchan Aruch, how you conclude and resolve this. Because many say, one of the questions that are asked on Rashi is we have a concept that mitzvahs and shrikos kavon. I mean, I guess that's a discussion here in the Gilgal Ashas, etc. But mitzvahs don't need kavon. If you're doing the mitzvah, to do the mitzvah, and you don't really think what you're doing too carefully, you still fulfill your obligation. So if you said, Baruch HaTashem Elokeinu Melechlam Shachol Mi'evid Baruch, Granted, your intent for the first half was to say Agofen. At the end of the day, you did the mitzvah. You said the correct bracha. So how can Rashi come along and say that you're not Yotzeh? Well, that's the question, are you Yotzeh or not? So many aren't happy with Rashi's pshat for that question. Okay, let's go on. Omar Rabbar Khanina, Saba, Mishmeid. We're going to now bring a whole list of teachings of Rabbar Khanina, Saba, Mishmeid, Rav, of Rabbar Khanina, the elder in the name of Rav. Don't you remember? Um, it's about teachings of his. So the first one is this is back to the laws of Kriyachma and that's why it's brought in here. 
כל שלא אומר אמס ויצא שחרץ ואמס באמונה ארביס, לא יוצא ידי חבוסו. anyone who does not say אמס באמונה at night, או אמס ויצא in the morning and אמס באמונה at night, does not fulfill his obligation. שנאמר, as the פוסק says, להגיד בבויקי חסדכו, in the morning you must say השם's kindness, ואמונוסכו בלילוס, and mention his faithfulness to us at night. Again, Emes V'yatsiv is Hashem's kindness of redeeming us from Egypt, etc. And Emes V'emuna is that he, he redeemed us and he constantly saves us and he will redeem us in the future. So that's Emuna, that's that we can rely on Hashem. We've made the Rav a second teaching of his. When you're bowing in your davening, you bow at Baruch, and you straighten up at Hashem's name. So how do we do it? We bend our knees at Baruch, we bow over at Atah, and then we stand up while saying, just before while saying Hashem's name. And interestingly, as you said, that's in the times when we say, so that's at the beginning of Morgan Avram, at the beginning of the first Baruch of the Amidah, and the end of the first Baruch of the Amidah, and the beginning of Moedim, and the end of Moedim. That's when we bow during the Amidah. Omar um, Shmuel, my time is Rav. What's the reason behind Rav? It says Hashem zokeiv kafufim. Hashem straightens the bend. Right, so when you say Hashem's name, you must be straight to um, allude to this concept that Hashem gives us the ability to stand. Maybe they challenge us. You must humble yourself before my name. And when you say Hashem's name, you should bow. It says no. Miksiv bishmi mipneish miksiv. Does it say with my name? I while saying my name, you should be humble. It says. Before saying my name, you should be humble. So we bow before we're going to mention Hashem's name, and we stand up with Hashem's name. Abeni Yonah says, why? What's the significance of bowing and then straightening to say Hashem's name? Um, very interesting. He says, The reason to bow at Baruch and straighten up Hashem. This is Rabbeinu Yonah. When you bow, when you're signifying your fear and awe before Hashem. And when you straighten up, you're showing your bitachon that you can trust and rely on Hashem for everything you need and that He will do what is good for you. And they're dependent on each other. The one who fears Hashem, the one who is in awe of who Hashem is, can trust in him that he will fulfill, is the one who has bitochon, is the one who can trust in Hashem that he will do good for him. He continues, Masha'en came the boss of Adam, which is not so by a person. The person that you're, he goes on to say, the person that you're afraid of is the person you can least rely on. He's going to take advantage of you, he's going to uh, bully you, he's going to be different. So that's a total difference between Hashem and people, but that's the bowing. The bowing shows we're in total awe of Hashem. We have Yira. Once we have Yira, we can straighten up and be confident when we mention Hashem's name that He will fulfill our needs for, the, for our good. And interesting, yeah, He contrasts it to a person that you're generally afraid of that you would, that would be the opposite. Omar Shmuel. Omar Lei Shmuel Barav Uriyon. And Shmuel said to Chia Barav, Ben Torah. Let me tell you something amazing that your father told us. The correct way to do it, I mean just what we just learned, 
and obviously now we have a little bit of the symbolism of it. When you bow, bow, uh, bow at Baruch and straighten up at Hashem's name. Okay, obviously there's lots of deeper ideas of the bowing and the straightening, but that's just one of them. And the, the one from Rabbi Yoni is just one of them. Rav Sheshes, ki kore, kore When Rav Sheshes would bow, he would bow like a stick. I go down quickly. Ki kozokif, and when he would straighten up, kachiyura like a snake. I, your head first and then bring up the rest of your body. Why is that? So you bow quickly to show your enthusiasm to bow. And you can straighten slowly to show that you don't view bowing before Hashem as a burden. Okay, a third teaching. And The whole year when a person's davening, he says he ends off the bracha of Kela Kadosh and he ends off the bracha of Melech Oiv Stockholm Mishpot. Chutz me aser se yom mishon Rosh Hashanah the Yom Kippur, except for the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Shem ischalal hamelech hakadosh vahamelech hamishpot. You conclude the ki- the holy king and yeah. the king of justice. Yeah. So it's at that specific time we want to acknowledge Hashem and right. show Hashem's power yeah. in uh, uh, as king right. and as a king is right to judge his right to judge us. His, his expression of kingship over us is expressed <coughs> through judgment. Rebbe Lozah says, even if, if you say, okay, you fulfill the obligation, Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, um, Hashem Tzvakot is exalted through judgment. And the Holy God is sanctified by Tzvakot. He says, When is it that Hashem's Ex- Hashem's kinship is exalted in Mishpat. Um, That's the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And the Pasuk says, and that Pasuk says, So we see it's really fun if you say, It's not retracting. My Havelo, at the end of the day, what's the halacha? So Omar Rabbi Yosef, Sorry, Rabbi Yosef says you should. Conclude the same as you always conclude. Rabbi Omar, Amelech Hakodosh, Amelech Hamishpot. Rabbi says, No, you must end off Amelech Hakodosh and Amelech Hamishpot. And Allah is like Rabbi. That's like we say. Just interestingly, when you repeat the Amida, so we hold regarding Hokela Kodosh that if you say, if you say Hokela Kodosh instead of Amelech Hakodosh, obviously if you remember immediately, you can correct yourself. Like immediately. But if you. Uh, not so before the next Sabbath. Remember immediately. 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 No, immediately say, yeah. means before going on to the next book. If, if you pause so for a few name. seconds, it might be too late. Your history. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to restart your Amita. No. Um, you said so. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what we all buy. And Amelech HaKadosh. If you get Amelech But Amelech HaMishpot. We say, you still say, Melech Ohev Stavgo Mishpot. So you're still referring to Hashem as king. So strictly speaking, Yoyta, and we don't repeat our Amida. Others here, very interestingly, Tosos bring the Rak, who says that. Oh, yeah, he says you never have to repeat, um, but he brings the. Tosos brings um, Rabbeinu Yehuda that all of these uh, corrections that we say in Aseret Simei you have to repeat for. So, all of those you have to repeat for. We don't pass it like that. As I said, the only one we really repeat for is if you get, if you say, instead of that's how we pass it. Okay, 
fourth teaching, Bomar Abba Khanina Saba Mishmay Darav anyone is able to daven on behalf of his friend and he doesn't he's called a sinner Shinemar as the Pesach says woe to far, fear, far be it from me to be considered a sinner before Hashem that I did not daven on your behalf if someone's a Tamad Chochem you should actually be prepared to make himself sick on behalf of his on his colleague. My timer, what's the reason? Maybe it's from the following Pasuk. Your sickness is on me. Um, or your sickness yeah, is on me or is it revealed to me? He says, Maybe that's the king. The king obviously has to daven on behalf of his people and he should make himself sick on behalf of his people. So that's maybe a regular individual. Tamukhokam does not necessarily have to make himself sick on behalf of others. Um, the, the full pasuk is, in my sick, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth and I afflicted myself and m myself with fasting and I daven for them. Okay, so we see there that a regular person should daven um, on behalf of other people and if he's a Talmud Chochem, he should make himself sick. So one, just one thing, one dimension of it is not that you make yours. Um, that remember, the, this is brought in Tomei Devori, he, 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 he's highlighting how he brings the sources that almost Hashem takes pain when the Jews suffer. He says, if that's the mirror of Hashem, where we're told to emulate Hashem, so we should take pain when another Jew suffers. It should almost be, when another Jew suffering, it should almost be personal. If not, it should be like it's personal. And that's this, uh, that's, uh, this idea might be expressing that, yes. What does it mean to daven on behalf of another? Daven that they recover. Oh, oh that's 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 that. Can you say a brucha on behalf of somebody who can't assist you? Are you, are you saying saying a brach on their behalf? No, like like you want to say no. chakras on their behalf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do think that? you can do that. There's certain mitzvahs you can do on behalf of <coughs> someone and certain mitzvahs you can't. I don't want to go into uh, that yeah. discussion now. Shliach mitzvah. But some mitzvahs, mitzvahs that you have to do with your body, someone can't do on your behalf. I can't put on tefillin for you. I'm with you. I'm with um, you. Okay. Here we've been a davening for their refuel, <coughs> going through financial difficulties, davening for their, financi uh, their finances, davening for them. And then what does it mean, make yourself sick on their account? Okay. Good question. <laughs> Um, if someone does an Avera but he's embarrassed that he did that Avera, they forgive him for all his, for his sins. Shinema is a positive sense. Laman Tizkiri washed in order that you remember my shame. And you have no excuses. Before your your humility, I will atone you for everything you did. Maybe that's only by a community. Maybe a community feels ashamed for their general sins. Hashem will forgive them if they feel shame. No, I'll bring you a positive by an individual. Shmuel said to Shaul, Lama here does. You know, this is a very interesting case. After Shaul had, Shmuel had died, remember Shaul had lost his position and his favor with Hashem for not uh, destroying Amalek. And he was very worried. The Plishtim were invading him, as we'll see, and he was very worried what to do. 
and he asked, he tried to connect to Hashem to have Nebua. He tried to ask other Nebim. Nothing helped. So he raised Shmuel from the dead to uh, speak to him. So he said to him, so Shmuel said to him, Why are you angering me to bring me up? I'm in a lot of pain. I'm waging war against me. Hashem removed himself from me. And I'm not being answered. Also through the Nebim, but also through dreams. I'm, finding, I'm having no divine inspiration what to do. Therefore, I'm calling to you what to do. Now it says, now if you notice, they had another form of Nebuah that they often used, the Urim Vatumim. Why did Shaul not consult the Urim Vatumim? He tried to consult through dreams, he tried to consult through Nebuah, his own Nebuah, other people's Nebuah, other Nebim's Nebuah, and he left out the Urim Vatumim. Why not? He says, no, because he killed the city of the Kohanim. Shaul wiped out most of the Kohanim. Sure. And therefore he was ashamed to go and ask them wow. for the wow. of the wow. And then he says, oh, where do we know that he got forgiven? Shinemar, as the Potsuk says, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. I, you, you're going to die, but you'll be with me. Shmuel Hanobi, we can only imagine he's in the most highest parts of him, of Olam Habav, Gan Eden. And he says, you will be with me. So we see that Shaul was forgiven. Why? Because he was too embarrassed to ask the Kohanim to consult the, the Urim Vatumim. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good question. How, just feeling embarrassed about a sin, don't you have to go through the whole process of Tshuva that you learn about, etc. But yeah, that would be the point. Embarrassment, feeling ashamed about what you did wrong is well on the way to your atonement. Yeah. So who consulted the Urim Shaul. Shaul wanted to consult the Urim Vatumim. The Urim Vatumim were a form of Nebuah, the yeah, breastplate yeah, of the like yeah. So he, so but the Kohanim were the ones who, you have to ask the Kohanim. No, not himself. You would have to go to the Kohanim or it was done through, if maybe you could speak to us, but he would not. And he couldn't go face the Kohanim because of what he did. you have to learn from this, is it against seances if you call up the dead? So Shaul wasn't allowed to do that. Shaul was not allowed to do that. Shaul was annoyed about it. Yeah. Well, uh, leave that for the, no, the story in Nath, why Shaul yeah. was annoyed. But yeah. Um, oh, sorry. And Rabbi Yochanan says it clearly. <laughs> give another source that Shaul was uh, forgiven. It says, also, a crazy thing, it seems also around Nov Ira Kohanim, Shaul killed some Givoinim and they, or caused them a loss of Parnosa. And in the end of David's uh, kingship, there was a famine. And he said, What's going um, Why is there a famine? And it turned out it was because of the Givoinim who were waiting for vengeance for Shaul. So they went to Don. Now they hated Shaul because of what he did. And it says, And we will bring them to Hashem. Oh, sorry, we will hang them before Hashem in Givat Shaul. Aye, this is what the Givoinim wanted to do to the descendants of Shaul. And it says, Bechir Hashem, the chosen one of Hashem. Now, the question, the Givoinim didn't like Shaul. They're not going to refer to Shaul as the chosen one of Hashem. So, what's that doing there? So, it says, so they learn out. So, Joshua, Yotza Baskol, Omra Bechir Hashem. A Baskol came out and said, Shaul the Bechir Hashem. How can you refer to Shaul as Bechir Hashem? He died in disgrace. He didn't have Nebua, he was killed by the Plishtim, he's done witchcraft. No, he was Bechir Hashem because Hashem had forgiven him for his shame. Omar Rabbi Yavu, Ben Zutarti, Omar Rabbi Yehuda Bar Zvida, 
Well, there are many psukim. You can say leima parshas ribis or parshas mishkalos. You can say the parsha about not taking uh, interest, not charging interest, or having fair weight. There it's four psukim or one pasuk. If you want to mention it, tears me time again. Pick another section. Why bala? So it must be for something else. Ela Omar Rabbi Yosi Bar Avi Mishum Dilsiv by a high cross for the following pasuk. Korav Ashokav Kaario Kalavi. He uh, bent himself and he laid down like an <coughs> like a lion and a lioness mm-hmm. and Mia Kimenu who was straight down. So there seems to be this allusion to Shma Shikhpatko and Ubukumecho Shokhav and Yakimu. So that's why they wanted to put it in. But it's too long so they left it out. So why don't you just say that one possible? You want to mention have this allusion to getting up and uh, lying down and getting up. Just say the one possible. Don't say all four chapters. So no Gniri called Pasha the Paskin and we have a tradition that any parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu split up will split up. So Loi Pasko Moshe Rabbeinu Loi Paskin, but we will never split up a parsha that Moshe did not. Okay, now the Moros Pasha Sitzis we name Mark of War. Why did they set the parsha of Sitzis? Why do we say Vayomer? So he says Omer of Yudabar Chaviva Midnight for Hamisha Dvarim. It has seven significant aspects that we mention in it. Just listen to the count of them. It says mitzvah tzitzis, so it mentions the mitzvah tzitzis. Yitzhiya's mitzrayim, going the exodus from Egypt. All mitzvahs, accepting the yoke of mitzvahs on it. Das ninim, the problem with the heretical thoughts. Hiru Avera, the thoughts to do Avera, that's generally allusion to immorality. And the Hiru Avodah Zorah, and thoughts of Avodah Zorah. That's, we said how many, why, is, why do you say tzitzis? Because there are um, five special things and we list six. So the two main answers, two of the answers given for that is Das, Minim and Hira are the same thing. Heretical thoughts and, av- and mm. service of Avodazara, thoughts to do Avodazara are the same thing, so that's really one. Another answer given is obviously we're saying it because of Yetzirah's Mitzvah. That's why we add the third paragraph into Shema, is the Mitzvah of saying Shema in the morning and at night. Um, so that's... Uh, so therefore, we're asking why, in addition to Yetzirah Mitzrayim, do we choose this paragraph? Again, the mitzvah of men- this to say Yetzirah Mitzrayim is many times in the Chumash we mention the Exodus. So why by, so that's because of those five added dimensions. Now, Bishlai Mahanitlas Mitforshan. Okay, the first three are explicit. It says, all mitzvahs, you will see your tzitzis and you'll, do, you'll remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Oh, there's a responsibility to do all mitzvahs. The mitzvah of tzitzis says you shall make yourself tzitzis. It says specifically, where do we see the allusion to these three? So he says, the Tanya, we learned the Raisa, read about them when the part, it says, after your heart, that refers to heresy. And so it says, Omar novel believer and Elohim. The despicable one says in his heart, so we see the things going on in your heart, that there is no God, alludes to heretical ideas. When you stray off your eyes, that's thoughts of immorality. That's alluding to immorality. 
Shimshon said to his father, I want you to get that Plishti woman to be my wife because she is correct in my eyes. So we see eyes have an allusion to immorality. And Atem Zoinim, Zehur Avodah you stray, that's referring to Avodah Zorah, V'chainu Omer, as the Apostle says, Vayizno Acharei Habalim, they strayed after Balim. So that's where we see these main principles mentioned, and that's why Vayomer, good question, why do we, of all the paragraphs where we mention, it says we try to choose Vayomer, because it has all those five special dimensions that we mentioned, yeah. and that also explains that night, okay, Tzitzis is relevant to the day, so I understand what he's saying at day, why also at night? Because over and above Tzitzis and the significance of Tzitzis, there's also these other dimensions that are included in that paragraph, very key uh, principles in our Hashem, right. and we'll leave it there for today. We'll have to do the Lubisha tomorrow.